Bible with me to the book of Matthew chapter 6. There's a saying, I looked it up on the internet to make it sure that uh, I got it right, but there's a saying, you've probably heard it, that God helps them that helps themselves, but it's not in the Bible. God helps them that helps themselves, which is just an excuse to be carnal and be prideful and to be, you know, without God. You know, in other words, well, God will help me if I help myself. I believe I'll go help myself. And um, actually, the Bible says in Romans 5, verse 6, that while we were still helpless, Christ died for the ungodly. So he doesn't really help you that help yourself. He helps the helpless, amen, that'll call on him, amen. So we're not saying God help us as we help ourselves. We're asking the Lord to give us insight and revelation about how he's already helped us. I said about how Jesus has already come and made a way. That's what we need. We don't need him to help us in a way he hadn't already done. We just need to know what he's already done. There's already been a way. I love what the word says in the Psalms about the children of Israel that were there with Moses going to cross the Red Sea. In the Psalms, it says that he made a pathway for them that nobody knew was there. Isn't that cool that God forming the earth, laid down a path there, cleared it up, and then covered it up for, with water. And one day, he just had Moses raise his, his rod, and that deliverance was there. There's always a way to win, always a way out. Amen? In Matthew chapter 6, are you there? Let's look in verse 30. This has our, been our uh, keynote scripture. And it's so amazing that, we've, that there's so much revelation in this little place that we're so familiar with. It says in verse 30, Wherefore? If God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, speaking of its temporalness, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, since he would easily uh, take care of everything, therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things, and that's our key word there, all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. And we've been, we've been squaring in on that, that the Lord knows you need all these things. That's where religion gets squirreled up. It's like, oh, you don't need all these things. Do without and go without and just be spiritually minded. But like Debbie just shared, <laughs> it's part of the glory. All these things. But here's the key right here. And this is where the whole thing is in verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things. These things, what are these things? The things that, that we need, the things that the Gentiles seek. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And we looked at that word added where it meant increased or it meant multiplied unto you. So order is important. It's not that you're going to do without one. It's just that uh, order is important. And we said it a long time ago, but you've heard this saying, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. I want to upgrade that a little bit. The main thing is actually to keep the first thing the main thing. Because, you know, we're going to do it. We're going to serve God. We're going to read our Bible. We're going to pray. We're going to go to church. We're going to give. But God's interested in order. And I've got some news for you this morning. I mean, it's just come like the lights come on with me, and I'm sure it is with you, that as we've been ministering all these years on the tithe and how important that is in the Word, and all the controversy that's about the tithe, that the Lord's not really interested in the tithe in itself, but it's all just a part of the first things. There's several things. There's many arenas. There's a lot of categories of your life where the, where the tithe doesn't specifically apply, but it's the first things that God wants, and so it goes way beyond the tithe. 
Now back there when he instituted the tithe, they were all, they had sheep and goats and that sort of thing, or they had grain. That was the whole problem with Cain and Abel. Abel uh, brought the firstlings. He brought his first of his flock, and it was the first. But uh, Cain just gathered up some of his grain, just gathered up some of the part of the whole and brought it. Well, they both brought something, but Cain couldn't bring, didn't bring the first things. It's the order that counts. And that was the problem that God got wroth with. He said, you didn't bring it to me first. You just threw it in there. You, you just went into the barn and gathered up some after harvest and just looked over there and said, well, he wants something. I'll bring him this. Whereas Abel brought him the very first and the, that was, which was of this increase. Well, the same thing about you and I, God wants the first. And we go back to the Garden of Eden, where Adam, the only thing God told Adam and Eve, you can't have, he said, don't eat of that tree. Y'all remember that little thing there? Well, that's a part of the tithe, but it's not really, it's just the first things. God says, I have given you complete dominion over the whole earth, the whole world. He said, but I want you to always remember who's given you this complete dominion. This sovereignty that you're enjoying, this absolute authority that you have, I always want you to know as you look at that, that tree over there that it came from me, keep me first. And you know, doggone, they had the whole world that they could do anything they wanted, and they still had to have that one more thing. My, my, my. <laughs> Hallelujah. God's given you and I everything. We've been made rich, and we ought to give it up out of our riches. We ought to give up the first things. So we see that even in that tree business in the garden, that there was a no-tolerance policy going on. Say, no tolerance. You ever gone into those little towns where it says speed limit, strictly enforced, no tolerance? And then, then you go down a little further and it says aircraft enforced, you know, and, and they've got, they don't even have a street si a light, you know, it's just got a yield sign, and, you know, but it's got aircraft enforced. And, you, you know, doubt and unbelief is rampant right there. <laughs> aircraft enforced. Well, they say no tolerance. In other words, 58, 59, don't go 60. Well, God's got a no tolerance thing on first things. And yet, you know, what we've done, and we've talked about this, what we've done is we've tried to, to negotiate. Lord, what's the big deal about having the first things? Listen, I'm starting a business. I got a new family. We've got a lot of bills. We're just starting out. We're trying, we're even trying to do some things for you. And Lord, I'll get, I'll double it later. I can't bring you the tithe right now, but you know, we're doing real good, and this thing's fixing to crank, and we're fixing to do good. I'll bring you twice as much later. And we've negotiated in our mind. Now, you may not have personally said, I'll make a deal, but I know lots of people that have. They're not saying, God, you can't have any. They're not shaking their fist at the Lord and saying, I'll never give you anything. They're working a deal. They're making an efficiency clause in their contract with God that says this doesn't make sense. This isn't a good time, Lord. If you can float me a little time here, I'm good for it. And the Lord said, no tolerance. I got to be first from the get-go. And you know he's smarter than we are. Anybody in here believe that? He knows. He knows how we work because he made us how we work. And he knows that we'll do better making him first all the time. You know, you go, well, you know, and we'll argue and try to carry on. And he knows. It's not just a hard-nosed thing where God just wants to be the big guy on the, on the big seat. He knows how we are, and he's got your best interest at heart. He knows that if you put him first, all these things will be added to you. He put it in motion, all these things. Say all these things. Well, there's a big emphasis on the all there. Not better, not just, you know, somewhat. He says all these things that the Gentiles seek. Well, have you looked at the Gentiles lately? 
they got it all. They got it all. I mean, they may be hocked up, you know, they may be stolen. I, they may have a meth lab in the backyard. We, we don't know how they're getting it, but they know how to get all these things going. And they're just developing products and technology all the time to satisfy the Gentiles who want all these things. If y'all been to Sam's lately, Costco or anywhere, you know, Christmas, there's plenty of all these things out there. So, you know, they're seeking it. God said, well, you don't have to do without any of that, but I got to have it first. And something about this law, something about the way the Lord set it up, it's hidden that if you bring him the first, not just the best, you know, Lord, there's a better one coming. If you'll wait, I can get you a better one. He wants the first. Say the first. Let's say it better. The first. He wants the first. If you'll bring him the first, all these things shall be increased and multiplied to you. Now, that's, you've got to get your faith around that because you're going to tithe anyway. I said we're going to give to God anyway. So it's the order thing. And we've talked about how, you know, if you wait and see if you have enough. Lord, I'm good for it, but I need to get this, this credit card off. I've got to get it off. They're going to charge me more, and I know you understand. And Lord, we need lunch money this week, and it's either you or Junior's lunch money. And Lord, I know you understand. And you just got to know right here this morning, he understands, but you can't send Junior with money and skip the first things with God. Now, I know you can pour mouth and you can get in there and say, but God's a good God and God's a caring God and God cares about Junior having lunch money. But I'm telling you, he wants the first things. That's when the, all these things, including the lunch money and the bills to the credit card and the electrical, all those things are in those, all these things. We got to get on track. You'll never be funding Junior and the credit card. You'll never get it back on track. It'll never be right where you can say, let me just have 30 days, Lord, and, and, and I'll know it'll work out. You just know the curse in the world, the devil that's on, on his agenda is going to get it before you do. And next month, it'll be just like it was. Could I have a better amen? Hallelujah. So we're on this. So we, we got to know that when you bring your tithe in that realm, we're just talking about that realm, when you bring your tithe to God, you can't just cut him a check after the credit card and Junior's lunch. When you get your $500 check or whatever you're doing, you just need to know God is interested in his part being first. The other day, I was in a place where I put my check in, and, and I didn't have a way. There was no way I could physically write that out there. And so, and then I was, had an opportunity where I was in line, and I had to write another check. And then I saw that my deposit in there. And it's like, whoa, got to shut this thing down. Stop. Can't go further. I got to stop and not let this check go to somebody else before I get this one wrote. And you go, isn't that picky? I want God to be picky with me. I want him to, to extradite and to, and, to, and to circumvent circumstances and get it to me. I want him to, to overnight it. <laughs> like same day it or whatever. Amen. So the law of first things. You can't offer God a two-for-one deal. You can't offer a time payment plan to God. Even the Bible says that if you fail to tithe, that you have to add a fifth part to it. There's a penalty in the Bible that if you, if you don't bring your first things first, if you, if you didn't bring, if the lamb was supposed to be there on Monday and you transacted business and got, got some things negotiated and you showed up Thursday, the Bible says to bring a fifth part to it. Now, I don't know anything about all that. We're not into that. We're just into the first things. God's interested in getting your heart. It's not the money, it's that you put him first so that he can put you first. I said he's interested in you putting him first so that he has a legal right to put you first. 
And this empowers him, this legally enables him to whip the devil, to beat him over the head, to knock him out of contention for your life, to legally go in there and move him aside and say, he put me first, I'm putting him first. It is wonderful. Now, we would like to have a lot more scripture on this. We would like God to, to put fireworks around this and to make a big deal, but it's hidden. It's hidden for the, those that are looking with their heart. It's hidden for those that are not just looking for a financial deal, that aren't just trying to work a business plan with God. It's looking for those that are already saying, Lord, I'm in love with you. If there's no money, if there's no increase, if there's no deal, Lord, I just want you. I'm in love with you. Thank you for being in love with me. For those people, they'll look into this verse 33, and they'll see it, and they'll go, well, hallelujah, I can do that. Amen? Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 7. You know, the, the power of the first is real important in a lot of things. We even know about it, uh, you understand it, in uh, first impressions. You know how first impressions are so important, that when you hear something negative about somebody, somebody comes in and says, John Jr. is... Uh, they're a scoundrel, they're a no-good rascal, and then they leave, and then somebody comes in and says, yeah, I'm fixing to go into business with John Jr., and you go, oh, that's bad. Well, you don't know him. You don't know anything about him except what you heard first, and 99 people come by and say, wow, we can't wait to, make, to hook up with John Jr. He's, you know, he's, we're going to make him the president of the Sunday school class, and you just are again it because that first impression has impacted you. And on the other side, if you somebody come by and said, you know, he's a, or he's a good guy, and then they come by and say, wow, I got took by him, you'll defend him because of that first impartation. The thing, the power of the first always impacts you for the balance of the rest. That's why we have to put God first so that everything else that the devil brings by with a sugar coating, with a deal on it, with, a, with the, the poison in the meat sort of thing, where he's trying to get you to bite on something, you've already put God first. You already know what the devil's coming with. Amen. So when you get up and you put the Lord first in the morning, you, you put his word first, then when the devil comes in the day and tries to talk to you, you've already been impacted by the first. When you've already been in prayer and the Holy Ghost says, do this, go here, I'm going to tell you something. You've got that thing in the first of the day. When the devil comes by to try to lie to you, you've already been enlightened. You've already gone to the bank, so to speak. Amen. Look here in Hebrews chapter 7. It, it talks about the order of honor. The order of what the kingdom law, how it works. It says in verse 7, talking about um, uh, Levi and Abraham, it says, and without all contradiction, in other words, beyond a shadow of a doubt, the less is blessed of the better. Let's say that part together. The less is blessed of the better. Now, that is kingdom law. The less is blessed of the better. So in a family unit, a parent and a son, daughter, the parents, we say that the less, the children, are blessed of the better, the parents. We understand that. I said we understand that. But in the kingdom of God, there's this thing about man and the Lord where man, through pride and through all sorts of accomplishments and great uh, technological advances, and, you know, he just thinks he's hot stuff. He just thinks we got somebody on the moon and we can cure this disease and we can, you know, he thinks he did it. So there's a thing where man thinks there is no God. He's haughty. He's prideful. He's arrogant. 
And God says, you know, we got to get this squared off. I can't bless you until you show me, until it's established in the legal court of the heavens, that you believe that I'm the greater and you're the lesser. He said, I already know, but you don't believe me, my word. And so you need, before I can work on your end, you need to establish that. And he brought the tithe in. And he said, when a man gives to and honors and brings, brings honor and glory to someone, he's saying, we get the story of Abraham and Melchizedek, that's established, where you give the tithe to God, God says, you're acknowledging me as the greater. It just costs 10%. He said, because you, give, you make me the greater, it's not a money thing. I said, it's not a money thing. But he knows you're not impressed, giving him the leftover from, from Taco Bell last night. Lord, I, here I am, a half a burrito and some salsa. Aren't you impressed, Lord? Now, he knows that's not going to get it with you. But if you bring dinero, you bring those, those Washingtons and Lincolns, he knows you're serious. Lord, you are the better. I need this. This is important to me. This could pay the bills. This could buy the thing. Lord, I'm bringing it to you. And for all practical purposes, I'm flushing it. I'm bringing it into a place where I have no control. It's what Jesus talks about when a seed is planted, that the seed has to die. You've got to get it out of your hand. You, can't, you can never get a harvest with the seed in your hand. You have to plant it. You have to put it in the dirt. It has to disappear from your life for you to, have, for you to be dead to it. He said, when you bring your tithe into the storehouse, it's not for you. It's for the ministry. It's for the kingdom. It's for, it's for the bills. But you don't get anything back from it. You become dead to it. He said, well, then, then I know you're honoring me. I can add all these things to you. But y'all, we got to get off the payment plan. We got to get off the I praise him when I feel like it plan, because that's not first things. Well, I didn't feel like praising him this morning, or I got some news. I'll feel better next week. That's the payment plan. And he's not interested in the payment plan. You got to pay up first. So we got to praise him when we don't feel like it. Anybody in here ever praised God when they didn't feel like it emotionally or physically or circumstantially? There wasn't anything in you that wanted to say, you are awesome, Lord, and I'm up early to tell you about it. And I'm happy doing it. And Lord, this is a great time to tithe. Let's throw some offerings in. And bills are just, you know, you just got a book of bills. That's faith. That's putting him first, but that gives him control. That gives him dominion in your life. That gives the all these things added. It gives him the right to invoke that law in your life. I'm telling you, God's so cool. The Bible says he hides these things from the foolish so that we, the wise, the wise in him can have them. In Hebrews 7, it says, without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. The law box says it is the greater person who always blesses the one below him. So we make God with the tithe and with our praise first and with our reading of the word first and with our coming to church first. Did you have something else to do today? Oh, well, hello. If you just worked 40 hours this week, well, you are a slacker practically. Everybody in our culture is both of the husband and wife are working full time. And then when they come home, they've got, you know. So it's not like Sunday's like, sure, I got time to go serve God dress up and put on and get ready. No, we came because it was Sunday, not because it was a good time. And so we give God the first. He said, if you give me the first, you give me your heart, 
I can invoke this law in your behalf. It is so good. The Haman version says it is beyond dispute that the inferior is blessed by the superior. Well, Lord, you can be superior in my life. I'll take the lowest place. I'll let you be boss. I'll let you be in charge. I'll let you be in control. I'll mark it down. What does it take for you to know that I know you're the, you're the greater? He said 10% and the first things and everything else. I can do that. He didn't say cross every mountain and, or sea and climb every mountain and walk on. He just said, bring me the first 10. Well, Lord, I was going to do that. I just wasn't necessarily bringing it first. Bring it here first. Does it matter? Bring it here first. See, Adam and Eve could have brought the Lord a bunch of fruit from a bunch of trees and had a little trade-in program. Lord, would you take a hundred of the apples down on the east side for one of these apples? It was non-negotiable. Lord, I can get to you this next weekend. I'll go to church twice. But this weekend, Lord, I'm really tired. I think you get the point. Amen? Well, at Jericho, remember Jericho. Jericho was the time when God finally got rid of everybody that was over 21 years old, that was full of unbelief, that had rebelled. He had Joshua and Caleb raised up. They lived through that. And everybody there was for God. And the Lord said, I'm fixing to take y'all into the land of promise. And he said, we're going to do it this way. Y'all haven't been at war for almost 500 years. You don't know much about it. These boys inside of the land of promise, they've always been at war. They know they invented war. You don't have a chance. Plus, they've been not hanging around the desert like you guys. They've been building strong cities and building axes and spears and all that sort of stuff. He said, so we got to have a plan. And how we're going to do it is we're going to invoke the law of first things. He said, here's how it'll work. You do it my way and we'll pick Jericho. It's a good city. It is totally indomitable. There is no way in your natural mind that you'll ever say, we could have done it without God. The walls are 30 feet thick, they're 30 feet tall, and no one has taken it in years and years, if not centuries. It is just one of those cities everybody knows. It's, it's going to be there. He said, we'll take that city, and I'll do the work, but I need you to give me the first things. Here's how it'll work. We won't go to battle. We'll just walk around with the praisers. We'll get them out front. Well, usually those are the guys in the back. They're the ones that wore the dresses. You know, all those boys that wore the dresses, were, we had to put them in the back because they, you know, the boys that wear dresses, you don't ever want to depend on them. We, but we're going to put them out front, and we're going to walk around, and you're going to do it just like I say. And then he said, when it happens, of course, they don't even know what that means. I want, the, he said, here's the rules of order. All the gold, all the brass, and all the iron, and all the silver. He said, you go in there, and you take it, you pull it out, and you take it straight to my treasury. Go straight to the temple, or the tabernacle, and you load up the tabernacle. That's my stuff. Every man and woman, every little sweet baby, you know, that's got a little ribbon in their hair and, and got a, you know, a toe ring on, you take them out. Every good cow, every good donkey, every good horse, all the camels, fine stock. Slay them on the spot. He said, don't mess with me. Now, I want you to look at this in chapter 6 of Joshua. This is so cool. Are y'all with me this morning? Now, this is, this is important that we learn this. You know, the Lord's just going to apply it to your life where you are. 
and it's going to stay with you, and it's going to take the edge off the tithe. You know, God's just not, he's just, it's not finances. We've been telling you it's not about money, but this tells you what it is about. It's about our heart. Chapter 6 of Joshua, we're in this story, verse 17, about uh, Jericho. And it says, And the city shall be accursed, verse 17, And the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. Now I want you to notice something here. Here's something real important. And the city shall be accursed. Y'all see that? It's talking about Jericho. That word accursed there. In the Hebrew, that word, even in the NIV, is translated the devoted thing. Now, how can it be devoted and accursed? The Hebrew dictionary says it's also the dedicated thing. Well, it's talking about destruction. And really, the word comes under annihilation or total destruction. But God also uses that word to call it the devoted thing. It goes back to what we know about the tithe. You can't eat the tithe. In other words, you can't send your kids to school on the tithe. We, we had a family that says, listen, we, we, we just are wage earners. We want to send our kids to a good school. We don't have it. So we figured out a plan. We're going to take our tithe and we're going to send our kids to school. Now, this is the truth. They sat there and told us about it, didn't they? Send them the tapes. Tell them, I still remember. Hallelujah. And, you know, uh, you just go, where did you get this? Well, we made it up as we went. It just sounded good to us. Well, you just know it's wrong. It's the, it's the accursed thing, but it's also the devoted thing. Your tithe, has you have to be dead to it. It has to be destroyed. When you send your kids to school on the tithe, it's not dead to it. You're telling your kids, Mom and Dad sent this money. But then you're telling the Lord, Lord, I sent you the money. And, and there's a discrepancy. There's something going on here. You, you, the Lord knows, too. And those boys knew. They never became dead to it. They never became a curse to it where it was emptied. See, it's a problem with people, and it should be, in a sense, in your natural mind, that you bring your tithe and your offering into the church, and you don't know what happens to it. No church gives an accounting, or rarely. But you just have a sense about the people that are handling it, and you have a sense about the kingdom and the work that's going on, and you look around and you figure out. See, we have a 700-and-something dollar light bill here every month. Since we've added on, it takes more to heat and cool. We didn't say we're going to spend the same and let y'all have you know, half temperature cooling and half lights. Everything went up, you know, that sort of thing. But it doesn't matter to you because you gave it to God. You became dead to it and you said, Lord, it's not up to me. On the books, I tithed. Now, if they mess with it, then they're in trouble. The point to you is, is you become dead to it. Well, here it says in verse 18, And ye in any wise keep yourself from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourself accursed or devoted, when ye take of the devoted thing, and make the camp of Israel a curse, and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard that the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and ass with the edge of the sword. And, and then they, they took out uh, uh, Rahab and all that sort of stuff. So uh, what God was saying here is 
if you'll do it my way in Jericho, listen to me, then we will march through all the land and every city that's in the land of promise, I will give it to you just like I gave you Jericho, and you can have it all. Every ox, every, every, there's a pot of gold there, it's mine. And they would get all of every city, every cart, every Cadillac, every Chevrolet, whatever was going on in the city, they got to take it all. Every city that they marched through, God said, I'll give it to you. Well, now that's a two-for-one deal if there ever was from heaven. Are you all with me? But he said, don't mess up. No compromise, no negotiation. I want every piece. Well, in chapter 7 here, Look in verse, uh, verse 10. So they did that. They went in there and they took everything and gave it to God and killed everybody. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up, and wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Israel hath sinned, and they also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken of the accursed, or the devoted thing, and have also stolen and disassembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. Say, own stuff. Now, see, the Lord's just real clear here about the stuff, his stuff, being among your stuff. He doesn't want you having his stuff mixed in with your stuff. Now, you can have plenty of stuff. The tree in the garden was his stuff. There should be no teeth marks on any of that stuff on that tree. But you can fill yourself every day and every way with every tree. They're just as good. Don't need that tree. Just help yourself. He said, and don't mess up here. Well, somebody messed up. And it says in verse 12, therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turn their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore, except ye destroyed the accursed thing from among you. So what Joshua had to do because the whole camp was cursed, they couldn't win anything. What they did was, is they went over to the little city of Ai, A-I, and they were just going to knock them out. Matter of fact, Joshua said, listen, God's with us. Just take a few boys over there, knock this thing out, bring all the stuff back, and we'll be over here inventorying, you know, for God. And they went over there, and they got their little selves whipped. And so God calls Joshua on the, on the carpet because Joshua was saying, God, we, went, we did it like you said, and here it didn't work. Have you ever went to God and said, Lord, it didn't work? Lord, I brought the tithe into the storehouse, and here we are. And you go, Lord, this isn't fair. I did it just like you said. Now, have you ever done that in your, your mind where you said, Lord, windows of heaven poured out, can't even contain it, is not at my house. And so we got to go like Joshua. You got to fall on your face and say, Lord, show me. But does anybody do that? There's a little tent in their head about God's word. Well, if you can't trust him about that, who knows what else is not right? Joshua went to God and God said, get yourself up. And so God had to send Joshua through the camps. There was 12 tribes. He had to go through there and the Lord showed him which tribe it was. And out of all the thousands and thousands of in each tribe, he went to that tribe and he had to show him which family it was. And he went to that family and he had to break down all the different families, the brothers and the, and the chieftains in that family. And finally he got to Achan's daddy's house and he said, it's in this house. And Achan could have stepped up and said, let me confess right now. But he wouldn't. So Joshua, by the Holy Ghost, just went through and said, it's you. You have stolen. 
And Achan finally confessed and said, well, it's in my tent and it's under a blanket. They went and they dug up. It was a garment and some gold. He just kept some of God's stuff. And the whole nation was tied up together. Now I want to tell you something, church. You and I are tied up together. Doesn't mean you can't be blessed if we have a sorry self come in here that wants to rob and thieve and carry on with God, doesn't want to tithe, and now you're, you're hobbled and you can't get along. But on the other hand, if we have a church and we don't enforce the law of first things for the Lord, if we don't preach it, if we don't declare it, if we don't stand on his word and declare this is the truth, then we all come under a pall, a, a cloud, as it were, of lack we become privy to the accursed thing. you got to go to the right church. You go, well, what difference does it make? It's just me and God. No, your family makes a difference. And you can join a family. You know, that's what happened in in many instances. The family that daddy did good for God, all the kids got blessed. But if you were a part of Korah's family, you remember Korah back there that messed with Moses? And uh, and Korah come out and said, we can do it as good as Moses. And... uh, Moses stood back and said, well, if that's so, let the earth open up. And all of Korah, not just Korah, but all his kinfolks and his babies all went in the earth, went into the earth. It opened up. They all fell in. And doggone, the earth just came back together. And it gone. No memory or residue of, of Korah and his 250 family members. It makes a difference. So we're declaring the tide. Do you all know that we've been faithful here at Word of Life Church to declare the law of first things? We've been faithful, you know, to the best of our ability, I think, to declare the holiness of the Lord, the righteousness of his kingdom, and, and the blessing of the Lord, and to preach the word in season and out. Well, Joshua got to the bottom of it, and he took Achan and his whole family. His kids didn't even know about it, but they were going to benefit from it, took them out, and they took them to what's called now the Valley of Achan, and they stoned them till there wasn't two pieces that matched. Purged themselves of the accursed thing, got up, loaded up, and went through the land of promise and whipped everybody with no trouble and got very, very wealthy from the spoil of the cities. Now, the lesson here, you know the lesson here. Turn with me. Let's go Haggai chapter 1. Look in chapter 1. Look in verse 2. There's no trouble here. This is a benefit. If your employer comes in and says, listen, we're going to offer a 401k for every dollar you put in. In three years, you can take five out. You could say, I don't believe I will. Or you could say, you know, that's a good deal. Sign me up. Well, we're signing you up this morning to invoke the law of the first things. And what will happen? All these things will be added to you. Chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, saying, Thus this people say, the time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. So they're saying, you know, this isn't a good time to work for God. This isn't a good season for us to give to God. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore, saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Let's say it together. Consider my way. Ye have sown much, and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages, be put in a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. In other words, he said, let's get to the end of why you say we are God's people, but we don't look 
and live like God's people. There's a reason. He's fixing to tell us the reason. He said, go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house, and I'll take pleasure in it. I'll be glorified, saith the Lord. Ye looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts? Because of mine house that is waste, and ye run every man into his own house. Therefore, the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. So basically what the Lord's saying here is, here is he says, my house is important to me. Make it important to you. Now, it's different now. We're not in the actual temple or the actual place where God would come in and dwell. This is a building. But we are the corporate body. We are who we have been joined together. In other words, you don't get to pick what church you go to. If you're led by God, he tells you where to go. No, you don't get to pick. The Lord sends you to a place. And the Bible says that. He puts the members in the body several as he will. So we are here together by his ordained will. You know, they, Debbie's dad always said it. You get to pick your friends, but you don't get to pick your family. So here we are. So we're to serve God together. We're to serve God together. And we're to build the house together. Not talking about the physical house. We're talking about we're to build up each other. We're to enforce the first with God. We're not to whine around and sympathize with one another. Well, poor thing. God didn't do for you. Well, you know, sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. That's a lie to enforce that or propagate that instead of saying, my brother, my sister, you ought to do right by God so that God can do right by you. Well, that makes me mad. I'll just leave this place and take my big tithe with me and all that. Don't let the door hit you as you go out. That's what you got to say. That's what you got to have. You got to live in that where the word is first. You got you to live in a place where the Holy Ghost is free to move. Well, we don't do that Holy Ghost business. We don't want gifts. We want people to come and not be scared by that Holy Ghost stuff. Y'all don't run. Y'all don't prophesy. Y'all don't lay hands on them and don't be falling out on the floor or whatever. We don't do that stuff. Well, we'll have special meetings over here and we'll do it another time. You know, that doesn't please God. I said it's not good to put him less than first. Now, we're not trying to work something up. We're not trying to do something here. We're not trying to make a spectacle. But if he wants to and he wants us to, then the visitor's just got to get past it. And if you don't like it and you're not a visitor and you just go, I don't care for that, well, listen, there's a hundred churches here that would say, you're one of us, come on over. But we got to flow. We got to go. We got to put God first because he said if we would, all these things, prosperity, health and wholeness, protection in life, fullness will be a part of our life. Well, that's important to me. Because it brings honor and glory to him. And it invokes the law of the first where he could come into our life. Family, you got to get a backbone. You got to get yourself a rod of iron, is what the word talks. You got to get a rod of iron in your back where you say God is first. And you begin to take ground incrementally in your life where you may not can take on the whole sphere and specter of all that's not right in your life, but you take something and say, here is where I'm going to make God first. I'm going to get up early and I'm going to put him first here. Or I'm going to financially, I'm going to put him first here. Or something where you take ground and let God bring the law of first to bear in your life. Well, Lord, I'm not bold, and I just can't witness, and I don't ever. But, Lord, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. Where you let God have a chance to come on you by the anointing and cause the supernatural to be the bigger part of your life. Wealth is the mark of the covenant. No covenant that God ever instituted 
and most men instituted, was not marked by wealth, a transfer of monetary earthly goods. Covenants were always where I give you mine, you give me yours. Marriage is that way. I abhor, and I think it's unscriptural, to have my money in a marriage. But, you know, since I'm not going to have to live with the two of you, I don't care. But I can tell you, I've never seen it not be trouble, because it goes against the covenant nature of a marriage. If you want a business arrangement, we'll get you some prenups and get you some, you know, some, some, a good lawyer, and you can keep everybody having their own money and all that sort of thing. But, you know, if she gets the big inheritance, we win. Her daddy gave her, her his share of the family oil wells in, uh, in Texas, and I, you know, that little check comes, that big check comes every... <laughs> and I say, oh, I'm married, I'm married big, hallelujah. But the point is, that I was on, is that wealth is a mark of the covenant. So you're not just being wealthy. You're not just saying money come with. You're not just, uh, you know, celebrating your seed to say, well, you know, I need to do this. And you, God wants us marked as a people, as a congregation. We're known as a people that put him first. Everybody's putting him, but we want to put him first. We want to put him first. Put him first in our family. Put him first with our children. Put him first with our money. Put him first with our bodies. And just see what the Lord will do. He'll work it and work it and work it. Amen. Enough said this morning. Let's stand up. Hallelujah.